Welcome to God's Table Talk, where real-life stories and testimonies of faith are brought to the table. And now, here's your host, Paul Eck. On this episode of God's Table Talk, we're talking with Brent Johnson. He's from Colorado, and uh, we want to thank you for joining us here on God's Table Talk, Brent. Hey, man. Yeah, good good to be here, Paul. I, I want to thank you and your family just for uh, giving me the opportunity. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool what you're doing, man. I know that um, both of us kind of have a testimony through COVID in an online presence because of this, right? So Yeah, exactly. I'm going to give a brief description of Brent for those who are listening to the podcast and not seeing it on YouTube. Um, Brent looks like he could become from could have come from the Almond Brothers band or maybe a <laughs> member of the uh, Duck Dynasty family without the huge beard. But uh, I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Brent, give us a little rundown of how you're about your childhood and on into your adult life. Just kind of how things got to the point where you wound up at the cross. Yeah, man. I, I before I do that, though, Paul, like I hate to throw you off your groove a little oh, that's bit. All right. um, Go ahead. But I, I just want to pray for us real quick and, and just pray for your ministry, if that's cool. So, Go for it. Father God, man, I just want to thank you for the, this time together um, to have a chance to just share a, a smidge of the amazing things we've seen you prove yourself be faithful through. Um, thank you for Paul. Thank you for his family. Thank you for this ministry, Lord. Um, may we not despise the, the small beginnings. And uh, just continue to strengthen, encourage, and have this message go out, inspiring others to inspire others in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, yeah, so man. I understand you came from a very law-abiding and uh, I would say strict background. Your grandparents were military and your dad and mom were both law enforcement. So go from there. Yeah, military and law enforcement, you know. Um, I, I really appreciated it. I had a lot of uh, a structure and whatnot. Um, you know, I grew up seeing the, the darker side of life, so that didn't really surprise me. I would say it probably intrigued me a lot. And uh, we know what they say about cops and preachers' kids. I, I decided to live that stereotype. Um, I, I don't like when people say they, they fall into temptation. I know I, I went smack dab headlong into it. Um, and, uh, that, that's where the testimony will start to open up, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I love the idea of um, just testimony in, in general. And I, I didn't know your podcast before you reached out to me uh, on social media. And, uh, you know, I, for me, if it's okay, I'm just going to really kind of share the testimony of social media because that, that works in with everywhere that um, I've come to up to this point. Um, I, I really had this nonconformist type mindset. You know, I was a, a wannabe anarchist, right? I don't think I knew what that, what that really meant. Um, I read Emma Goldman. She was a, a pretty um, famous anarchist. It wasn't just black masks and gasoline. It was like a, a real mentality. It's actually very um, Christian without God, right? <laughs> the, the socialistic uh, type tendencies or, or um, dogmas, I guess, if you would. And uh I just really didn't like to see um, what I was seeing, the, the authority or the corruption of what I perceived. And uh, yeah, I just testimony, test I'm on, you know, and we, we always think of uh, testimonies and tests as like either pass or fail, but I think God shows it to reveal our character. And uh, I was just stubborn and it took a long time <laughs> for him to polish <laughs> off it and and get to the core of it, you know? So, um, the, the testimony being our story of, uh, God's glory and, and Jesus name, you know, for, for me, um, the only reason I'm even on social media is because of COVID, right. I, having these, uh, nonconformist things. I think my thing on Facebook is I'm a, a reformed nonconformist. You know, it, it was really hard for me to want to get on Facebook and Instagram. I didn't know what TikTok was, um, before COVID, I, I'd go to skate parks. I'm not a professional skater. I grew up skateboarding. Um, I think in the 90s, there was this weird thing. There was a separation between church and skating, you know, and um, I wanted to skate. I liked punk rock music. I liked hardcore music. I, I didn't want to suit, tie, surrender. And so um, that that's what I that's what I was about. But um, the Lord did minister to me and was like, no, nah, dude, you. 
I, I put these de, um, desires on your heart. Do them for me. You know, I, that's how I often minister to people. If you can do what you do for the glory of God, do. If you can't, don't. So um, I, I go to the skate parks. I, I now have two kids, a, a daughter, Hazel, um, son, Troy. They're, they're four and two. And uh, sometimes I take them to the skate park with me, sometimes not. I'm 35 now. Falling hurts. I don't try to impress nobody. <laughs> um, but I, I like going to the skate parks and I, I would get I mainly kids, but people who didn't really know what they're doing. I, I enjoyed um, like teaching them how to drop in or, or to do a trick. And I, I'd get them to kind of misquote scripture saying, I can do all things in Christ who gives me strength, right? Don't think it necessarily means for dropping in, but again, it's for the glory of God, you know? So if you can conquer a fear, um, trusting in the Lord, I, I think that applies. And uh, so for me, it was a tremendous blessing. Um, I, I have then since, I don't know if you've ever heard of the group called the Whosoever's. Mm, I haven't um, heard that one. They're, uh, it's my hat. Okay. Uh, Sonny from POD, Brian Headwelch of Corn, um, Ryan Reese used to be a, a skateboard manager. Um, that they're all Christians. And right now, because of COVID, they're going to skate parks um, to give testimony, to give the gospel. And uh, they were doing that even, I guess, before COVID. But I was like, hey, man, that's a great idea. I'm not going to just try to sign up to join the whosoever's, but I can do that here because I'm a whosoever. And uh, when COVID hit, man, I ain't nobody at the skate parks. I, uh, <laughs> because of my past with like addiction and stuff, I, I, I don't always just give out money, but I have these uh, Safeway gift cards that I carry on me. And it's like, I, I know what it's like to, to be hungry or to need food or to have friends that do that. So, you know, if there's these kids having a hard time or, or broken family, um, the skate park here in town is right next to a grocery store. So it's pretty easy to give those away. But man, there were, there were people that, that they were freaking out. They weren't taking the, uh, the gift cards, you know? So I was like, Oh, <laughs> what do I do? I got to go where the people are. And of course, you know, people were online. And, uh, that, that was about the time my wife, she had managed to Starbucks. And then when we had kids, she's just a part-time sh uh, shift supervisor now. Um, but she was like, my employees are always on TikTok, and I was like, okay, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to figure it out. And so, um, it's been a fun challenge to figure out how to do more than just like dancing or being silly, but how can I actually give a meaningful message in just a minute? It's been a fun challenge that I've enjoyed doing. And, uh, I, I've made a lot of cool connections through there. So I've, I've been very humbled through social media. And, uh, you know, one of the stories that I just want to share, um, about that is is from my past and uh you know <laughs> young youth rebellion fighting drugs alcohol um around the time of covid it, it took me about a month to to really decide okay that this ain't working i i will finally bite the bullet and and uh get on facebook you know so um i had a friend heavy on my heart and i told my wife it's been over 10 years since i've even been around this guy i got Got in trouble, got arrested, nine months therapy, um, two years probation. I, I ran away from everything, right? Cut ties, changed my phone number. Um, that's what I felt was necessary to do at the time. And I, I, was, I was nervous getting back on social media because I was like, oh, dang, dude, that might open up doors that I don't know if I'm ready to, to open back up again. But I was like, no, um, I'm more confident in who I am in Christ now. So it, it's time. And uh, the, one of my old best friends, it was heavy on my heart. And I, I told my wife before she was going to work, she works nights, I work days. And that's how we tag team watching the kids. And I was like, yo, I, I think this guy is in a dark place. He's, he's going to kill himself, you know? And when we were young, we were just happy-go-lucky. Yeah, we'd be fine, do whatever. But we weren't known to be um, depressed or anything. So it's kind of weird to be thinking this guy would be in that state. But I, I looked him up on Facebook. It didn't give me the option to send him a friend request. And I don't even understand Facebook at this point, right? I'm, I'm right new into it. Um, but it gave me the option to send him a message, but I had to download Messenger. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, oh, I don't have internet at my house, right? So um, depending on how much data I use on my phone, it can be a pain. Um, I, I got Messenger and uh, I just reached out to him and I was like, hey, bro, long time, uh, no see. How's everything? You know, and he, uh, he messaged back like, you know, it was pretty vulgar, <laughs> so I won't repeat what he said, but he's like, wow, man, you know, I, I thought you were dead or in prison, you know, and I was like, well, I tried, <laughs> but um, 
I, I didn't tell him why I was reaching out to him, you know, but I, I just, I gave him my testimony, man, about, um, I, he couldn't believe it, you know, from, from where we had been to where we are now being a, a pastor and, and for him to hear me say that I love him. And, and I, I talked about faith, hope, and, and love. And I, I didn't know this guy's full situation. He, he was no longer in the state of Colorado. He, he was in a different state. And, uh, you know, life, life had hit him pretty hard. It's hit us all hard dur- during COVID, right? And uh, talked to him for about three hours, man. And uh, gave, him, gave him the invitation to Jesus thing. And he's like, no, man, F that. And uh, cool if it works for you. But um, I just said, all right, dude, well, I'm going to challenge you to ask God if he's real to prove himself to you, you know? And uh, we said our goodbyes. I said, I love him. And that, that freaked him out, right? <laughs> Christians are supposed to be all about love, but it, it even freaks out Christians. They're like, hey, bro, love you. And uh, the next morning, my, my wife has already been doing um, Zoom Bible studies with women just because with kids and everything, it can be hard. So some women meet up at houses and, and they all get a um, Zoom in. So we were already kind of prepared for that. And uh, I was just telling my wife, Molly, I was like, you know, I, I would really like to know if this is the state that guy was in. I never brought it up because I, I thought it would be a little too weird. Like, hey, bro, you're going to kill yourself? That's why I'm reaching out to you. You know, it's been 10 years. How are you doing? And, uh, he like, because God always works at that time, right. <laughs> at that time I, I get a message and he goes, bro, you told me to ask God if he's real to reveal himself to me. I don't think I have to do that because at the time you reached out to me, gun in mouth, ready to go. Um, a friend of uh, 10 or 16 years, whatever it was, um, reached out to me out of the blue and is talking about faith, hope, and how he loves me. And and there's purpose and and Jesus. And uh, that right there is what I just needed to know. Oh, there is a ministry available on social media. So hours of conversation, this guy guy still wants nothing to do with God, right? He, he, he believes that I believe something prompted me to reach out to him. Um, But he wasn't sure what he thought about the whole God thing. You know, oftentimes if we have that bad authoritative figure in our life, we just blame that on God. And uh, he was kind of okay with Jesus being cool hippie dude, you know, like, yeah, bro. Um, Not so cool with like authoritative dad type of thing. But I just prayed. I was like, you know what, dude, you need to come out to Colorado. And he laughed. COVID, no money, no job. And I just prayed, Father God, you got a problem. This dude needs to come out to Colorado. About two weeks later, I'm working on my wife's car and he, he calls me up and he goes, bro, you'll never guess what. And I said, you're coming to Colorado. Well, how'd you know that? Been praying for that. And I said, by the way, man, I've been praying. Not only will you come to Colorado, but you're going to be moving back to Colorado. And I said, you can live in my house if necessary. Well, again, he laughs, not possible. Um, his, his birthday had come up. He'd gotten some money. He wanted to come out to Colorado, just see some old friends and whatnot. And uh, I, long story short on that, he was here for about a year before he went back to go get his stuff because he got a job. He found a cheap place to live, which in Colorado, that's really hard to do, especially across the uh, front range and uh, still hours of conversation, still not sure where he was at uh, with Christianity. Um, But now he's, I had the privilege of baptizing him and uh, he, he doesn't have a car currently. And he does live in a different city from me. I, I still get to see him and whatnot. It's just fewer and far between. But uh, he, he's now part of a, a church family, you know, and uh, <laughs> struggling forward with Christianity, you know, falling forward. That, as long as we're falling forward, it's a good thing. So um, that was motivation for me to know, hey, do what you do for the glory of God. That can be done on social media. It's not necessarily always done well, but um, so I, I appreciate what you're doing on social media and I appreciate what others are doing because I, I've seen plenty of negative, but there's so much positive out there as well. So. so let me ask you a question. What brought you to the cross? Because you said you got into a lot of stuff. I know your wife was fairly instrumental in, in you becoming a believer. Tell us that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um my wife had been with 
youth with a mission and I, I liked to party <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, that works. That's a, that's a combined, that makes complete sense. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I still like to party. And the great thing about being sober is you don't wake up with scars. You can't explain. And I feel great, you know, uh, still have the interest check of some of the stupid things I did from the past, but, uh, I, I had met her and I, I always enjoyed playing devil's advocate. I knew how to make Christians feel uncomfortable, but I also knew how to make non-believers um, uncomfortable. And that, that's the beauty about being a, a Christian, right? Is we have the opportunity to make people uncomfortable. And so I, I think that's why now I'm just so comfortable, uh, with, with being a, a, a witness, my, my whole handle on social media is witness XP witness experience. You know, the, I, I, you, I substitute three a lot because it's a reminder of me of the Trinity. And I use the upside down exclamation point for I, I so often is in the middle of sin, pride, crime, but also faith. And uh, at that point, I just love sin. I love darkness. I, I wasn't, I wasn't depressed. I didn't have a bad childhood. My parents were great. They were so patient to me because when I got arrested, I did not want to have to make that phone call thinking I'd rather go to jail. Right. And, and I did, <laughs> uh, but they opened up their home back to me, helped me get on my feet. Nine months therapy. My, my wife stuck, prayed for me. I was still, um, a hard heart, stiff neck type of guy. Uh, but that was what started to get the ball rolling on uh, taking this Christian faith seriously. We moved to Boulder, uh, worked with people with developmental disabilities. I, I was not going to church or anything, but I was in consideration mode. I, I had had the Bible thumped into me, um, or at least what I considered to be thumped in, being brought up um, Baptist. And, and the, the, the church I was brought up in was actually very gracious. I would show up wearing misfits and, you know, hair, hair all different colors and mohawk. I never spiked my mohawk, but I didn't have the patience for it. I, I received nothing but grace there, but I didn't want to receive the grace. You know, it's that young rebellion. And it, it was in Boulder. I decided, you know what? I need to see if this thing's real. So I got a, got a Bible from a used bookstore. Um, I had really started to enjoy reading. And so I, of course, in Boulder, that's where people do a lot of searching, a lot of spiritual stuff. So that's what I was doing. You know, I, I had flirted with other religions and I was like, no, it's, it's, it's time to see if there's really something to the Bible, because everyone has a problem with Christianity, you know, in, in Boulder in, in particular, you know, they're okay with all this other weird stuff, but you mentioned Jesus, there's a problem. So I would ride my bike about 10 miles each way uh, to work in Boulder. They have great bike sy system there. And I'd, I'd stop at the gym early in the morning. I, I'd swim and I'd, I'd read my Bible in the dry sauna. So <laughs> it was already a beat up Bible and I was beating it up more, but I was always nervous. Someone would either ridicule me for reading a Bible in a dry sauna or question me about what I was reading. And eventually that day came uh, a big yoked up guy in the gym goes, Hey, what are you reading? The Bible, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what do you think about it? Man, if there's something to this, I've been living my life wrong, you know? And, uh, he invited me to church and, my wife and I went, my wife was tickled that I'm finally like, okay, let's, let's not just go to church. Let's get plugged in and start being the church. So I started uh, joining these guys. They were part of stuff on the campus of um, CU, the university of Colorado. And we we'd go do um, street ministry on Pearl street. It, it wasn't always just, Hey, you need Jesus. You suck. It, it, it was, Hey, what do you think about this? And really trying to develop a relationship with someone to then pull into Jesus because everyone's hurting pre COVID now COVID everyone's hurting. Everyone has something. And so when you get to administer hope received or not, uh, we have hope, you know, I, I think um, discouragement is and, and desperation is more contagious than COVID. And um, we, we've seen that. And yet Christianity, we have hope, we have faith, we have love. And I, I like to teach in acronyms or acrostics because I really don't know the difference between the two. But hope is he offers peace everlasting. Uh, love is live our virtue every day, you know, in Jesus name, as he would. When I started to see through the Bible, the, the red letters in particular, what Jesus actually said and did, I was like, wow, that, that's a lot different than what I perceive the church doing. And 
so I prayed that prayer of like, Lord, if you're real, you got to show yourself to me. And so uh, I, I was still, you know, on the fence, right? God needed to electrify the fence for me. <laughs> and um, so through that uh, end of school year and stuff comes, it, it was really cool because we were doing a Bible study in a, um, I, I don't even remember what kind of house it was. It was like a dorm type thing. And the majority of the people there were all Muslim. And they were very welcoming, but, but their people were having dreams of Yesu or, or Jesus. You know, one of the gals who joined our Bible study, her and her sister in two different States, they get paid to come here for school. They had the same dream of Jesus, you know, and, and, and they can't go home. They can't open it up or talk about it. And so it was really cool to be a part of that and see God moving in Boulder, you know, as a different reputation. And uh, that's where I started to get on track. Well, when church leaders and people moved just because some of them worked for uh, the university and moved somewhere else, our, our church really just kind of got absorbed into an actual church. And we kind of stopped going. The floods came. We moved away. And uh, the town we live in now, uh, my coworker at this time, so I put stickers on everything and he saw a, a Calvary Chapel sticker that I had. And he goes, Hey, you should come to my church. Like if you don't have one, my church is a Calvary Chapel in Fort Lupton. Thinking, man, ain't no way there's a Calvary Chapel in Fort Lupton. We're, I, I think we're 6,000 people, you know, we're pretty small in this area. And uh, sure enough, there's a Calvary Chapel. And so showed up and again, kind of jumped in to ministry. They needed someone to do um, the sound audio screens. So they, they said, put it in your phone, come to our training. I put it in my phone. My alarm went off. My wife and I went to the training and, uh, through those series of events, that's when I started to appreciate worship music. Um, I, I loved punk rock. I, I played in bad bands, very vulgar, you know, violent mosh pits, whatever that that's what was music to me. And so I'd actually given up music. Um, that, that just opens up a whole dark place. Um, I, for me, uh, what really got my attention is when I had what I would only know to call a demonic encounter, you know, li live in the way you shouldn't be living opens up the doors. I don't think it's coincidence that when you drive by a liquor store, it, it often says spirits, right? Like wine and spirits. And uh, at this time I was actually sober, you know, I had been sober, uh, but still, not fully on track. And when I had that encounter, I was like, Ooh, okay. Scared the hell out of me. Literally. I was like, this stuff's real. And I had been um, around motorcycle culture. I'd seen a lot of evil. I'd seen a lot of darkness and it, it finally just all added up to, to full surrender at that point and got into leadership uh, with the church. The worship leader was going to leave. And I did not know that, but when the pastor at the time said, Hey man, do you ever think about doing worship? I was like, Nope, I couldn't stand worship music. Right. <laughs> like it was a little too emotional for me. And, uh, then I later found out the worship leader was leaving. He goes, come on, man, wait, we need you. I still said no. My wife said yes. And I was actually pretty stubborn. I still didn't want to have anything to do uh, with worship, but I, I'd hear her. She can play guitar and she can sing. Trying to do both is actually kind of hard, you know, at the same time. And, and she, she was doing it. She was doing good. And I was like, well, maybe I can at least join her at home and it can be something we can do together, but it can still be your thing. And it became our thing, you know, for God. And it, it was really cool. Um, whenever you take a step into ministry, and I'm sure you know this, it, it, you got to brace yourself for the attacks. And so we, we were already equipped for that. And it, it's been such a tremendous blessing for us and, and going from worship leader uh, to then other people being around. I've never been to seminary. I call it cemetery. Uh, again, it's part of, I guess, my nonconformist ways. Um, but others saw a calling on my life of what I was already doing and said, Hey man, we, we think you should be, you should consider this calling on your life. And I said, you know what? I said no to being a worship leader. Look at how good that turned out for me. So I just like, Lord, if you, if you want me to have this role, it's gotta be you. And 
passed the board with 100% approval, right? Like that doesn't always happen. I would have been fine, but barely passing. That's how I passed high school. Um, so I, I took that as a clear yes. <laughs> and it was really confusing for people because we've been on Facebook Live, but I'd have to respond through Facebook through other people's accounts. Because again, I, I wasn't going to have Facebook. So <laughs> <laughs> then that led us up to um, COVID, getting on social media. And uh, it, it's been good, man. It's been challenging. I'm still trying to kind of figure it out and, and utilize the time for it because it can really, it can really suck up a lot of your, your time. I, I, I'm still thinking ministry is about presence and, and I don't want to sacrifice what I'm doing on, on this screen um, for the people who are before me. So it, it, it's a fun challenge for sure. Do you find that you're able to get through doors uh, because of your tattoos, the way you look, you're able to get through doors that, you know, a typical minister wouldn't be able to get through. Uh, for sure. You know, it, it's, uh, it is fun. Cause again, it, it, it freaks out certain people. I, I could really care less if you're supposed to have tattoos or not have tattoos. You know what? There's a lot of things afforded you. Not everything's beneficial. You know, I'm not going to be super stoked that my kids grow up and see dad with holes in his face and <laughs> tattoos all over the place, but it, it does. And I, I wouldn't say God led me to have those, but again, if you can use it for the glory of God, do, if you can't, don't. And that Romans eight twenty eight, like he can use everything for the good for those who love him. And so uh, you can get pretty vain with tattoos. I would say tattoo culture is pretty vain. Um, I, <laughs> I had tattoos in my BC days, you know, before Christ, and I've gotten them in the nowadays. And as a matter of fact, I'm getting a tattoo today after this. <laughs> so, um, it, but it's cool because I've had opportunity, yes, to um, share Jesus. I actually have bare fruit on my arm, you know. Oh, I see that. Pineapple. For those who are listening on podcasts, they can, he's actually got a bear with a pineapple in its mouth. <laughs> e eating fruit. Yeah, because, you know, I, I take the Bible hyper literal. So when it says bear fruit, I couldn't think of any other way to do it. And, and part of the whole testimony thing, uh, for me, it's really easy. It, it, it's just find your life first, you know, that you're living. I, some people don't like the idea of a life first. For, for me, it's Second uh, Corinthians 5.17. And I just paraphrase it, new heart, new mind, new time. Um, and, and this is the New Living Translation. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Why this is my life first is it, it changed my life. I've been told for like nine months, once an addict, always an addict. Uh, then I kind of came to the conclusion, no, that's demonic. That, that's where the enemy wants to trap you, right? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and, and you're made new. So when I found out, oh no, dude, you're not, you're not that old, strung out, whatever that you think you are, you, you're made new. You know, after that encounter, I, I talked about with what I would know to be a, a demon. Uh, that's when I honestly said, all right, Lord, I'm yours. If this is real, have me. And it, it wasn't easy. You hear some people's testimony like, oh, everything was gone. And it's like, well, it, it was all gone. But man, it was a struggle, you know, and, and that's when temptation really um, presents itself. And you're given that opportunity to have your character revealed. I still get humbled, you know, um, nowhere near what I used to be, um, but more equipped, you know? And so oftentimes, like I, I have so much knowledge and experience now. Um, but when it comes to, to street ministry, if that's what you want to call it, it's like, man, second Corinthians five seventeen. I also have that tattooed on me here. Okay. Um, an air, an arrow, uh, is presenting like the direction you're going in. And for me, it's that, that new life continuing forward. You know, I, I love the, the verse about the, the, the righteous fall to get up. And I, I just picture myself, as long as I'm falling forward, I'm falling in the right direction. And so it is very cool to be able to go to a place like a skate park or, or around youth who are going to welcome you because <laughs> you're kind of deceptive with the way you look, right? They're not expecting this dude to come, um, preach and teach and live in Jesus to them. And they can't even verbalize that that's what they want, but they are lacking 
love. The, the world is selling them lust in disguise of what love is. But when they find out, hey, man, I know what it's like to be here, been there, done that, it sucks. This is what has worked for me. And they actually see it by the way you now walk and talk. You know, I, I through this season of being on social media, like old coworkers, old friends, they, they can't believe where I'm at. I've had so many people, they, they text me because I, I had their personal information. They're like, are you really on Facebook, man? What is this? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm on there. And, and people from my past going, oh my gosh, man, I needed to hear this. I can't believe this. And, and they see it because, I, not to even just toot our own horns, but it, it's the glory of God being revealed through us and just living that hope, faith, love. Those are three things that are going to last forever. So why not start now? Yeah. And I think that uh, I got a little bit of that too, when I first started this podcast and kind of wanted to branch it out to big, to more people. Cause I first started just with the people of my church and I wanted to branch it out. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try TikTok. I've got a 15 year old daughter and she's on TikTok. Now she's mad at me because I got more followers than her, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> but when I tell people like, you know, Oh, I met this guy. I'm doing an interview today. Oh, where'd you meet him at? I met him on TikTok. They're like, what? You met him on, and he's going to give a testimony. I'm like, yeah, there's actually a lot of amazing testimonies. Oh, Several dude. of the last ones I've done have been all people I've met through TikTok. So, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff on there, but there's a lot of really good stuff. And there's also, like you were saying, there's a lot of people on there who are hurt and who are longing for a connection to something. And Hey, if you can do it on a, on a platform like that, why not? Yeah. And it is funny because I, I, I don't have TikTok figured out. I don't invest a whole heck of a lot of time on it. I try to post as much as I can. When I have an idea, uh, I, I'm at the church already or whatever, I'll, I'll do a quick little post. And man, you can get lost in numbers pretty quick. And, and I knew that being in ministry, you know, I, we're from a small church in a small town. <laughs> and when you go to some of these pastor conferences, worship leader conferences, and you hear people, yeah, I'm a small part church of a couple hundred, it's like, Oh man, <laughs> my building can occupy a hundred, <laughs> you know, um, it, it gets, it gets humbling. And when I first started TikTok, I, I just remember asking like, Lord, if, if there's even just one, that that's my prayer for this podcast and, and dialoguing with you, man, if it just encourages one person, um, then it's going to be worth it because, because they're going to be celebrating in heaven, you know, and, and I don't, I don't despise humble, small beginnings, you know? Um, and, and that's where TikTok's been for me. I was so stoked to have like 40 followers or whatever, you know? My first video got to 100 views. Woohoo! And <laughs> then you get the one that, you know, over 100,000 and you got 8,000 followers and you're still a nobody, you know? And you're still only getting so many views. So it can get pretty discouraging. And, and then you can get, almost sucked into the people. I, TikTok's algorithm, it follows what you like. So if all you're seeing is Christian stuff, it's because that's the only stuff you're liking, you know, go in and reset your cash and find out that TikTok's not all Christianity, you know, yeah. <laughs> with every update, it's kind of, it takes a while for the algorithm to work back in. Um, but yeah, I've made, I made a lot of cool connections um, with people that now I have their personal phone number. I've actually talked to them um, in different States. You know, I, I, I have plans if I'm ever that way to be able to actually see them and, and go fishing, you know, ministry <laughs> <laughs> with them. And it's been really cool, you know, and, and to be able to have, to point people to something, you know, Hey man, ch check out witness XP on uh, TikTok. You know, that that's gotten some people that I know as kids into thinking like, wow, that's cool. You know? And I always get humbled when a video doesn't seem to do as good as you think it should do, but you find one person who will all of a sudden starts watching all your stuff, man. And it's like, that's it. Jesus had 12 people, man. Like, yes, he talked to the multitudes and, and whatnot. And really, I guess only 11 of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> really took to it. So it's like, for me, man, if I can have, if I can even have just a few uh, that I can really pour into, that's what's going to make the change. Us making these connections, just one little piece at a time that then go, you know, it, it's, it's, 
our virtues being lived out. You know, I, if you see someone hungry, what do you do? For the love of God, feed them. If they're thirsty, Christ's sake, give them a drink. If they need help, if they need comforted, don't go out of your way to not comfort them. Don't avoid them. Do the other. Now, that, that's sometimes hard for me because when you see people on the street, I know most likely what they're struggling with. And, and that, thus why I get away from the, the money, but I will give a gift card. And I, I've changed my brain to thinking, you know what, man, if five bucks is 20 bucks is worth giving my testimony, uh, it, it'll be worth it. I think often, though, we, we forget that a communication is talking and listening. <laughs> be quick to listen, <laughs> slow to speak, because <laughs> oftentimes we just like to fact, uh, fact dump and Bible thump. You know, and I, early on in my Christian walk, that's what I did. I got, I got super into apologetics and, and being around a college town, you know, I'd go to these debates and stuff like that. And it's like, <laughs> dude, I, reason and logic don't bring reassurance. It, it's having that relationship or, or that hope that they see, you know? And so I've really, I guess I'm still trying to learn of like, you know what, there's so much I can save myself from doing in the argument category, working um, retail for a long time. I remember a manager told me nothing's gained from winning an argument except losing the customer. And, and I've really taken that into with whatever I call ministry to be, you know, I, I met this guy at a Starbucks uh, when we had my daughter, she was breastfed. She wouldn't take a bottle. I'd have to feed her with a syringe. So it was just easier for me to take her on my wife's lunch break. And, uh, there was this dude there ringing a book on string theory. Now I love science. I'm a sci-fi nerd. And, uh, I was like, all right, cool, man. I was like, bro, you, you're probably smart. Like if you're understanding this, so what's it about? And have you ever heard of the book called tactics? I think it's oh. Gregory Kogel. Hmm. It, it's been around. I think it's on its 10th year. Um, it, it's a very beneficial book. It really opened my eyes in the apologetics world, um, about how dude, we don't have to know everything. The average person can only defend their worldview with up to like three questions. I don't remember if that's information from the book, but it, it, it's true when you go out there. You know, oftentimes we feel like we have to know it all. And it's like, no, dude, have faith that you know the one who knows it all, you know? And um, so I, I questioned this guy. Now, he took more than three questions to get him into a wall. And I, I was just being like, oh, cool, man. Like, what about this? And he eventually got aggravated and he goes, well, what do you believe then? I was like, man, I believe it's simple. In the beginning, God, <laughs> he spoke <laughs> this. And then it takes me into second Corinthians five seventeen about my testimony, which then of course leads to John three sixteen. man. So like the majority of, of my time with people is getting to know about them, giving them testimony and uh, leaving it at that. And it, it's really proved beneficial, you know, because uh, winning an argument, oftentimes it, it doesn't, doesn't do much, you know, it just makes them harder of heart, stiffer of necks. That's how I was. And, you know, uh, just another like testimony is again, through COVID um, being outside there, there was this guy who had approached me by his own accord, you know, he was a, a gangster and, and whatnot. And, uh, I got to talking with him and he wanted to intimidate me being a Christian, you know, and he, he was about um, Satanism, really. I mean, it was dark spiritual. He wasn't afraid of demons and whatnot. I wouldn't say he would call himself like a true Satanist. I know there's different denominations of them, um, but we got to talking and he had some of his brothers with him, you know, so it was me by myself and they invited me into this house and it was a drug band, man. Like I still can't get the smell of meth out of my nose. And I'm just thinking like, man, I shouldn't be here. They got this big dog that wants to eat me. And I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up getting back outside, but we ended up talking. He, he ended up admitting he thought I was a cool guy. You know, when he found out some of the, the shoulders I had rubbed and some of the, the groups I had been affiliated with, um, he, he thought I was okay. But at one point when I really kind of started to question him now back, he got angry. And he, he grabbed me, not by the throat, but I guess you can't see, but he kind of grabbed me on the shoulder and he just stared me in the eyes and he said, what'd you say to me? And that, that's where the courage of the Lord comes in, right? Because I was like, bro, what's your name? 
or who are you? I, I don't remember exactly what I said. He goes, I'm the man around these parts. I said, man, you ain't no man. You let that needle and can dictate your life. I, I'm thinking I'm done for at this point, right? Um, he's angry. The guys that were with him are kind of like looking out now, thinking stuff's going to go down. And it was about that time he just stared at me and I just stared at him back. You know, not really mean mugging or anything. I just stared at him. And it's at that time, I do believe I got words of wisdom for him, you know, and started talking about things. I, I love when you're just open and available to the Holy Spirit. Uh, you, you will get information and you will hear people go, how'd you know that? I don't know, man. Like, just got lucky. No, the, the Lord. And, and so I, I brought up some things and he goes, how'd you know that? This guy had been dealing with so much hurt and so much pain. Um, yeah, he was the leader of whatever gang he thought he was a part of. Um, but here he goes wanting to pummel me. So all of a sudden he starts crying and he, he tries to now run away from me because he's ashamed, right? And the other guys are kind of like, what the heck is going on here? And at that point, then I grabbed him on the shoulder. And I said, no, this stops right now. I said, I don't care who you call out to. You can call him God. You can call him Jesus. Just call him truth. I said, you call out to him, have him reveal yourself or reveal himself to you. And he didn't want to, <laughs> <laughs> but he did. And Manny broke down crying and we hugged. And then I, I did see him about a week or two after. And he admitted for the first time in years, he was able to sleep. Now he, he was still, he was still doing activities that he was a part of, you know, still consuming things that um, are doing him no good, but he admitted he wasn't doing them as much. And Still a work in progress. There's still opportunity and, and door um, open there. And so uh, we often get so tripped up with our ability and forget about, man, it's just about availability. I, I know that's kind of a cliche in Christianity. He doesn't care about your ability. It's your availability, but it's true. Um, too many think churches show up to get served. Hate to break it to you. That's not it, right? Like, <laughs> Church is a body. I, I know I heard one of the um, guys, I, I won't call him out, you know, but I, he has the same frustration with church that I do. So he's not a part of it. And it's like, dude, amputated limb does no one any good, right? We are to be um, living stones, making a home. Well, isolated stones, they're either decoration or debris. They're not, they're not building the home. And so, you know what? If you're on fire for God, find out where you can go ignite people. Yes, on a Sunday, but uh, we often tell people that that exit sign is the entrance to your mission field. And it, it's really cool because even my daughter being four, like she's praying for people, you know, and I, I'm not afraid to ask for, for healing and whatnot. I'm not stuck with cessationism, you know, where people believe the gifts have stopped. If that's where they want to be, that, that's fine. Give them Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know what, man, I, when we go out there, if they need prayer for healing, I don't try to tiptoe around the issue or, or try to do anything else. I'll lay my hands on them and say, you know what? Father God, they need to be healed in Jesus' name. I've seen it happen. A gal who, uh, about my age, um, it, it's funny because the Billy Graham rule is to uh, men with men, women with women, right? So I, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And so this gal uh, about my age, she's got a heart condition. She's going to lose her job. And... Oh man, you know, and she was wearing a wedding ring and she's talking about her husband. But at this time, I'm reminded of a story that another pastor talked about, about how he was trying to minister to this couple and just couldn't have any breakthrough. So then the senior pastor came in and instantly was like, well, you guys aren't married. No, we're not. Oh, well, here we got a problem. <laughs> so that story is, is coming to me while she's talking to me. And I just said, now, wait a second, but you're not married, right? She's wearing a wedding ring. She's calling her, calling him her husband. And she goes, how do you know that? And I was like, you know, I, sometimes I think God talks to me and he, he brought to mind the story. And so we, we started really getting to the, the meat and potatoes of what was actually wrong. And it, there was a big missing piece. They talk about the, the God-shaped void. Well, yeah, but he wants to cover all of you. And so, uh, Working with people uh, with developmental and intellectual disabilities, um, I, I was in 
they were also around. And I was like, well, we need to pray for you. And so I had one of the guys, he, he nonverbal in a wheelchair. I mean, he, he's got it all going on, you know, in his head, he can't really talk, but I said, we're, we're going to pray for you. So I, I told the gentleman in the wheelchair to put his hand on this woman. And then I put my hand on him <laughs> to pray. Cause I, I didn't want to touch her personally. She was, she was dealing with struggles and I just don't want to open any kind of weird door. You know, that's, that's my own legalism, I guess. So I just prayed for healing, prayed for a, a new heart that would beat life for God, a new mind that would think thoughts of God. And amen, that easy. Didn't really invite her to church, nothing. Now she knew what I did, where I was, where she could find me. That Sunday, I think that was like on a Tuesday or something. Um, that Sunday, we're praying healing actually over someone else. And it was in between services. At that time, we had two services. Now, since COVID, we only have one service. And uh, there she is, you know. So here this woman is. I, I don't remember the condition. I don't remember the things she had in her heart. But she starts to pull down her shirt. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, we're in church. My wife and kids are here. There's community here. And she goes, they don't know what happened. I, I no longer have this condition. She gets to keep her job, you know. And it was so cool. Now, the unfortunate thing is it's about three weeks, right? And then people kind of fade away. And so we got to see this amazing thing happen and, and life start to get restored and then kind of go back to the old way of living. And then I get to read the Facebook post of, I don't know what happened. And da, 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 da. It's like, man, I know what happened. And yet God was so patient and gracious to give healing. Why doesn't God heal everyone? I don't know. And even when he does still appointed for us to die. So just be glad that we have hope, you know, and, and what does it look like to actually step out in faith? Uh, uh, the world today is trying to tell us faith is just equated to wishful thinking. And sadly, I think a lot of people in the church are there, right? They're just like, well, I hope he's there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The empty tomb speaks volumes, but does it? And, uh, When you think of faithful, what do you think of, Paul? Loyal. Loyal, yeah. We know it's relationship. Yeah. And so faithful, trusting relationship. And so the, the more you start walking out and trusting the Lord, it's amazing to see what he will and won't do. You know, um, early on, I was getting used to like getting what or kind of like words of knowledge of like people go, man, <laughs> how'd you know that? And then all of a sudden it seemed like I was left high and dry. And I remember this one time it was in Boulder. We weren't living in Boulder, but I, I was trying to minister to this, these two people. It was kind of a weird, not mother son thing, but kind of that. And I, I'm just waiting for this, this word to come to me and it never came. So we just had a pleasant conversation and said goodbyes. I, I never got to testimony or anything. And I remember as they were walking away, I was like, God, what gives, man? Did you not have anything to say to them? And what was impressed on my heart so much was like, son, you know the right thing to do. Don't have to hold your hand, everything, right? And now that I'm a parent, <laughs> it's more apparent of, well, yeah, you, you, you raise them up and they got to go figure things out for themselves. Otherwise, it's not really a relationship, right? It, it's just authoritative. It was everything that I rebelled against. And when I saw the beauty that's actually in Christianity of like, you know what? John the Baptist is like my dude, man. That guy probably had dreadlocks, right? Talks about lock of hair. He's crazy out there yelling stuff. I, you can do that for Jesus, right? Um, I'm so thankful to see more Christian role models that aren't just wearing suit and tie, not just behind a pulpit. I, it is unfortunate that a lot of churches have closed um, due to COVID. I would just tell you they were dead before that. You know, how, how many congregations now is Jesus the one outside knocking? Let me in, guys. What are you doing? We're, we're filling our heads with knowledge, but we got nothing in our hearts. And I, I lived that way for a couple of years thinking I knew a lot. And the Lord humbled me a lot. So I, I, I'm thankful and it 
it just it just keeps going, man. You know, this guy that I'm going to get a, a tattoo from is someone who has started following and watching me on social media. And we've had great conversations about God. Could I do that without getting a tattoo? Absolutely. Our connection wasn't just tattoos. It's because he's one of, uh, he, he loves Star Wars. I like Star Wars. I like Star Trek. And so that actually opened the door. Can you be a Christian and like Star Wars? I hope so. Cause I do. Right. Like I got my, <laughs> got my Boba Fett mask. Um, <laughs> but if, if we're not willing to point people to the hope that we have, yeah, one of my favorite scenes is what on earth are we doing for heaven's sake? And that when you wake up every morning going, all right, God, what are we going to do, man? Like, Going to Safeway, uh, that's our grocery store. I, I, I don't know all the different chains, Ralph's, and depending on where you're at, I know they all have different names. But when you go to the grocery store, how cool it is. I hate grocery shopping. I hate shopping in general, by the way. But what flipped the script on that is like, oh, it's a mission trip. You know, I, man, I, the amount of people that my wife, myself, my kids have got to pray for hasn't gotten us out of our our day-to-day stuff it's just come in line with that and that's really what a relationship boils down to it's just are you going to be willing with availability and you know not throw a pity party it's not about i hear too much complaining within christianity and outside of christianity and uh, that that kept me away from christianity a long time but there's so many good churches out there. There's so many um, things that I think you do need to be a part of. Uh, don't forsake the gathering because it's not going to benefit you at all. If you're disgruntled at the church, you know, the first thing when we have new people at our church that um, I'm now a pastor of is when people are starting to think about maybe making this their church home. I Church shopping is the term we do. It's like, you shouldn't be shopping, man. You should be praying of like, Lord, if I'm a body part, where can I be the most useful? You know, I like to think I want to be a foot because I want to be the closest thing to crushing Satan's head as possible. That's just my personal thing. Um, we, we pray with these people and just go, Hey man, if your ministry is here, great. But can we at least pray for you and see where you belong and where you can fit in? Cause why people are, are fed up with churches. They don't see the power behind it anymore. They, they don't see that it's, real because they just come up <laughs> i've heard it said no word no breakfast no word no lunch no word no dinner well if you're not eating you have no nutrition you have no energy and then you're malnourished so uh, do you really have to wonder why there's no power in your life no you're, you're anemic <laughs> you need help you need food um word fellowship you know and the most important part is not just impressing his word on or impressing your word on others, but having his word first impressed on you. And I do believe, yes, that is the Bible. That is the faithful 66, but it's a picture. I, I don't believe the Bible. This is, this is going to cause problems. I don't believe the Bible is the infallible word of God. What I do believe is it's a picture of Jesus who is the infallible word of God. I, I don't discredit the Bible at all. I, read it every day. I, I teach from it. it. It has such tremendous truth and, and room for flexibility. You know, you can preach one verse the same way or a hundred different ways and it, it still speaks, right? So I, I know there's power in his word, but until you realize you can have a relationship and actually hear from God, yes, he will use the words here. Yes, he will use words in a worship song, even a secular song I've been ministered to. Um, when, when you're really open and listening and praying without ceasing, and pray with your eyes open you know <laughs> you were a truck driver hopefully you were praying with your eyes open while driving you know <laughs> um but there's so much opportunity to to communicate with him you know when, when the psalmist is writing about your word uh, how much of the the law did he have he didn't have the new testament he, he's talking about a relationship with the lord speaking with him and and man there's a lot of people in church that are afraid of that they don't think it's real. They don't think it can. And so it's like, then, then what? Then what are we doing as the church? And so this time has really 
uh, of COVID, the season of COVID has, has really, I think, woken us up a little bit and is continuing to do so. I, I remember when the beginning stages of this um, was starting, um, I, I had impressed on me and I, I told the other pastor as we were praying, I was like, he, he had a word and I was like, man, that, this is Gideon's army. We're here and it, it's got to, it's got to drop to where we actually have faith, right? To have the thousands to the hundreds. And, and that's where a lot of people's um, character has been revealed. There's been so many people who've left the church, people who said they would never leave or do anything. That sucks. Makes me sad. What's really cool is people who said they would never go to church <laughs> and whatnot have come and, and are grabbing this. And that's why I'm thankful that whatever it got for you to, to get inspired to have this podcast, because um, I know it, it came through trial and tribulation for you. Um, I, I was really humbled because I did. I, I went back and listened to some of the other podcasts, you know, and uh, I, I just remember one of those guys. I, to be honest, Paul, I didn't want to do it. To me, it's like one more thing out of a busy day, two jobs, two kids, other things. Um, but again, I, I heard one of your guys uh, that you had interviewed say, man, thank you for this opportunity. I was praying for an opportunity. And then you reached out to me. And that humbled me because I was like, you know what? I didn't want to be on social media. The Lord's got me on social media. You came across my page and reached out to me. Um, God gives us a free will. Sometimes I think we get a little too stuck on this whole, well, if the Lord wills, well, dude, he put passion and desire in you. Go. <laughs> Follow. He's not going to force you into a relationship. You can't push someone to pursue and so I, that, that really humbled me of like, you know what, will I make myself available for this? You're making yourself available for this. Thank you on a Friday morning or afternoon or whatever it is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I have to practice what I preach, how often we've left time open to share testimony and people won't do it. If you don't feel comfortable doing it in the family of believers you find yourself in, how are you going to do it outside the church? So if you won't go to a church, good luck be in the church, right? This is where we get built up and encouraged. You know, I used to do martial arts. You can't just make it up. You got to be taught. You got to be entrained. You got to be strengthened and encouraged to then go out and do. We, we try to get um, the youth and anyone who wants to be in leadership to go out and, and actually minister to people, see a need and intercede for Jesus. Yes. Through prayer, man. If we're supposed to pray without ceasing, um, one of my favorite Charles Spurgeon quotes, you, you of course know who Charles Spurgeon is, right? I do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think just about any Christian, at least a pastor um, <laughs> would, because he's, he's known as the Prince of uh, preachers, but um, I, I won't use the offensive language uh, just for whatever sake, but he says, if sinners be darned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let not one go unwarned or unprayed for. That quote, along with 2 Corinthians 5.17, changed my perspective of how we live this life. People are lost, hurting, afraid, dying in the dark. Some people like it. When I was in the dark, I liked it. You would have come preaching Christ to me in the middle of my debauchery. To hell with you. That was my mentality. Okay, the time's not yet. There's nothing wrong with the seed of the gospel. It's just the soil it falls on. But these tough times turn that soil, right? Soften the soil, cultivate that soil. And what a tremendous time for the church to actually be the church. I, I say it, shine light, share truth, baptize dudes. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Thank you for tuning in to God's Table Talk. You can listen to the podcast on these seven platforms, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Breaker. Don't listen to podcasts? You can find us on YouTube as well with full interview footage. All you have to do is search God's Table Talk. Want to share your testimony? Send us an email at info.godstabletalk at gmail.com to schedule your interview. 
That's info.godstabletalk at gmail.com. At God's Table Talk, we hope you will be blessed, but most importantly, that you will be a blessing.